Welcome to episode number 81 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. It's been a while since we've said hello to this guy. We're interrupting his gaming afternoon, it looks like. Stephen Brault, where's that microphone that you like to hold like this? And where's that one? Yeah, that's uh, out of pure laziness. That is still uh, in my car. I don't. I think it's actually in here somewhere, but I, I don't think I've taken it out of its bag since I got home. Have so, you unpacked uh, your car or not? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I'm saying it's probably in here somewhere. I don't know where it is. Probably like thrown in the back of my closet in the bag. So I'm, I literally, I did get these headphones specifically for gaming. This is the first time I've used it for anything else. So um, I'm glad it's working. Usually it's just to hear my teammates tell me how terrible I am. So. What are you playing these days? Oh, I play a game called Valorant. It's like a shooter, like a five on five you know go round for round try to win the round shooter it's fun i'm not very good at it at all but i'm enjoying it are these your your san diego boys or are these teammates is it a mix what is it no nobody i know plays this game so i'm playing with completely random people on the internet oh. yeah and and they're 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 really i mean they're really mean i mean most, sometimes you get a nice team you know you get a few <laughs> people that are like oh supporting each other let's work together and sometimes you just get like immediately hated on from the get-go you know it's the internet's a scary place sometimes so there's a possibility you could be playing with like a 10 year old and you don't know oh no i definitely know because sometimes they have mics and you just hear like this hey guys i think we should go b to start uh and it's just like uh mute immediately i can't do this i know that i'm playing with 12 year olds and i know that they're better than me but i can't listen to them tell me that they're better than me you know that's just my own ego i need that is there one person on the other line who has known they're playing with Stephen Brault? Uh, no, no, not not here. Um, not in this game. I, I used to play MLB The Show, and one time I was talking to somebody that I was playing against, and I was using the Pirates pitching as myself, and uh, and I told him that it was me, and he uh, he didn't believe me. So, I mean, it's okay. I, I Wait a second. Won. Hold on. He did he believe you by the end? No, no, he didn't. He never believed me. He just thought I did like my research, I guess, on myself. But like my name is Scuba. So it's like, I mean, you could look it up. It's the same sort yep. of name, you know, but it's it's fine. I It's it's honestly probably better, it, you know, keep a little anonymity so that people don't know how terrible I am at video games, um, even though I play them a good amount. Okay. Interesting. I love that, that the guy had no, he thought you're bullshit and like, who the hell would want to be Steven Brault on the Pirates? Come on, there's no way. Right, but see, that's why it should be believable. I'm not yeah. claiming I'm Mike Trout playing with you, you know? <laughs> I, I'm this guy who doesn't even have a job right now. Like, why would I lie about that? That doesn't make any sense. I am so, so yeah. happy that you've got a uh, a great thought and, and way about you when it comes to this, because it's not easy. Um I, truth be told, I didn't know whether to text you, not text you after you got DFA'd. And I was like, screw it. I've been DFA'd. And I want, I appreciated when people reached out. Kind of take us through the entire process. How did this whole, whole thing unfold? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was um, pretty quick. I mean, I, I had just finished a, a workout uh, in the morning and I, and I saw that I missed a call from Ben Sherrington. And so, um, it was like, you know, two days before the deadline, uh, for the tender deadline and, uh, and, you know, 
he left a voicemail and said, hey, you know, in a in a somber tone, hey, Stephen, uh, I need you to call me back when you can. And so it's like, okay, well, I know it's coming. Um, so I called him back and we talked on the phone for like a minute and a half. He just basically said, you know, hey, we're not going to tender you a contract. It's a tough decision we came to. Um, we hope the best for you going forward. You know, um, we appreciate everything you've done and um, and good luck, basically. It was very short, succinct, good phone call. He wasn't he didn't, you know, blow smoke up my ass. He didn't, he, he didn't take forever. He, he, he was honest and just said, we're not going to tender you a contract. And, and we moved on from there. Um, got DFA'd, you know, and then the lockout happened. And so I haven't been able to really talk to teams at all. So now it's just kind of a waiting game. It's very interesting. Of course, of course, this is the first year, you know, I've ever been DFA'd. I've ever been a free agent would be the year that I'm not allowed to even talk to teams. So I'm, I'm figuring it out uh, slowly, slowly, slowly um, how it all works. But, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, right now I feel like I'm in super limbo world, you know, not only not having a team, but not being able to, to talk to anybody. It's very strange. But it's okay. okay. So let's go backward. You Did you have an idea this was happening, going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, I thought it was kind of like 50, 50. The, the one reason I thought it, it wouldn't happen was just because since I didn't play really last year at all, I only had, you know, six starts or whatever. Um, I thought there was a chance that since my arm number was going to be so minuscule different from it was the first year. Um, I thought they would offer me a contract based on that and um, kind of get to reestablish myself back healthy, strong, all that stuff. Um, and so I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I, I knew there was a, a definite possibility that could happen, but I was hoping I really was to go back for another year. Um, but hey, you know, I guess uh, I guess I was too expensive for what the Pirates wanted. So, OK, when it happens, when you get the call, you know, there's probably like a little bit of numbness, even though you know what what the, what it's about. What's the next call you made? Uh, the next call was my agent. He didn't answer the phone. So typical uh, agent, typical agent, unbelievable. Uh, so then I called my dad um, and I told him and then I called my mom and then I texted my friends, called my girlfriend, you know, all that stuff. But it's, it's like um, everybody has the same reaction where it's like, that really sucks. I'm really sorry, but you know, Hey, new opportunity, you know, this is, this is going to be interesting. I've been with the pirates for seven years. Um, and so it's crazy to think that I've been with them for that long. And in the big leagues, you know, I've got big league time in six seasons with the Pirates. Um, and so it's been a good run. But, you know, the team is going a direction that apparently I'm not a part of at the, at the current time. So there's, there's nothing I can do. All I can do is um, I've been working out really hard and doing a lot of throwing and getting healthy and everything. And, um, you know, I, I feel great. So now it's just kind of waiting for whatever to happen, you know, mm -hmm. is the hardest part about leaving a, a city and an organization you've been a part of, as you said, for seven seasons, the fact that it, the end was so immediate that you won't really be able to say goodbye to a lot of the people that you were close with. Yeah. In a way, you know, okay. So the city of Pittsburgh, I, I absolutely love. Um, and the pirates were, you know, they've done really good things for me. Uh, and so not being, you know, it not being during the season or spring training or anything like that, where I'm around, um, the people who I've known for years, it's kind of a bummer, but the truth is 
the team itself, there really aren't that many guys on that team that I've played with for a significant amount of time. Most of those guys have already been traded away or DFA'd or whatever. Um, so it's too bad leaving the guys that I got to develop friendships with this year or maybe the last two, three years. Um, but even the coaching staff, the training staff, you know, those guys are all new. So it's, it's just different, I guess. Um, but yeah, saying goodbye over the phone is never quite as good, you know? Uh, but it, this is how the uh, baseball works and this is how getting moved in the off season works. You know, you just kind of kind of do what you can, but I got a lot of very positive, you know, outreach from friends and ex teammates and stuff. So uh, it's, it's been good. It's been very heartening. Um, although very strange and a little, a little nerve wracking, you know, you're kind of in, in nowhere land. So. Did you appreciate it when the pirates put out on social media, Steven, thank you so much. Or was it like, Hey, if you wanted to thank me so much, <laughs> you would have tendered me a contract. I thought it, I looked at it. Like I understand what they were trying to do, but maybe it's just better not done. What? Yeah. It, well, um, here's what I'll say. So the, the Pittsburgh pirates are an organization, the Pittsburgh pirates that it's not like the GM runs the Twitter account. I know. You know? Um, so these guys, I know these guys that would have put this out and, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I really like them and I appreciate what they've done for me. So yeah, you know, it's, it's nice. It's not necessarily something you really, uh, need or expect, you know, it's not like I decided to leave or anything like that. Um, so I see what you're saying, but it was, it was nice, you know, okay. I'll, I'll take it. Take the high road, brother. Always knowing your favorite song though. I feel like I'm not that guy. I, it's really weird. I know a lot of music, but most of the music that I like know and listen to is, is not something that other people would consider their favorite song. I'm wearing the Nirvana shirt. We I just see. talked about this. I, I can't, I can't name five songs by Nirvana. I, I appreciate Nirvana and I like the shirt. That's why I got it. That's it. No Nirvana on your playlist. Mm, not very often. No, I'm, look, look, grunge. Cool. If you like it, good for you. But man, just hearing people growling into a microphone and calling it singing, I just can't, I can't do it, man. It's just Kurt Cobain just screaming the entire time. Yeah, as you are. I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. My God, you were a baby when he passed away. I know. Well, that's why. So I'm a huge Dave Grohl fan. And, yes, you, know, you are. He's the drummer in Nirvana. And um, so I, I guess I have that connection to Nirvana but more so like, I love the Foo Fighters. I could definitely name you five songs by the Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. I don't have a Foo Fighters shirt. Maybe I should get one. We'll see. If we can work on that for you. Yeah. Um, maybe the pirates can send it to you as a parting gift. That'd uh, be nice. Yeah. Well, they sent me my jerseys. So I think that's official disconnect, you know? Did they? Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get the, you know, the jerseys from the year. This is not a, this is not a, a different thing. You get them every year. You get oh, like, okay. they get authenticated and they send them to you, but it was just what? funny. I got it like two days ago and I'm like, well, the end of an era, my last Pirates jerseys for the season. So. Well, that's kind of nice, actually, that they do that. Do they send you all, like, the alternates and stuff? Do they, did they send you the old, like, 1979 yellow Well, one? they used to when we used to wear it regularly. So all of our jerseys that we wore regularly, um, so, like, our white, black, um, black, road, gray, mm -hmm. and camo for, you know, it was Wednesdays that we played camo um so yeah one of each of those and then i you know i can i just kind of like give them out to people who who i'm close to or who who want a jersey and uh 
And those are the the 15 Brault jerseys you see around the world since, you know, you can't buy them anywhere. So that was a real jersey. You see a Brault jersey. It's a real MLB jersey. Steal it off the person's back, unless it's my mom and leave her alone. Might be one of your brothers, though. We don't want to do that to him either. Well, you don't, you don't want to mess with my brothers. They are very, very large human beings. Are they? Oh, my gosh. I haven't told you this. Yeah, my... So my brother that's closest to me in age, I'm the youngest of four boys and the brother that's closest to me in age, he's, he's about my height, a little bit shorter, but much stockier. And he's a nuclear physicist in the Navy. Um, and then my next brother is an electrical engineer, but he's about six, five, probably like two fifty, two sixty. Oh my gosh. And then uh, my oldest brother is a chef and he's like six, six, like three fifty. I mean, he's a huge dude. Uh, the the phrase "never trust a skinny chef" has never looked so good on Rod than on anybody else other than Roger Brault. He actually he makes all my like dinners for the off season. You know he he does like a catering service for me where he makes my meals. It's awesome. That's fantastic. What's the best thing he makes? Oh man, the best thing he makes. I, I like. Okay, so kind of what he does is he gets like a a farmer's market box every week that's what they call it Mm -hmm. and so he gets like all these veggies and stuff from local sources and so based on whatever's in the box since you don't know what's going to be he makes stuff based on that so there's some stuff he makes more often than other things his stuffed bell peppers absolutely absurdly good um i love he makes turkey meatloaf with cauliflower mashed potatoes that is just unreal um and then we have this thing you ever heard of gourmet sauce you know what gourmet sauce is no Please it's like in. almost like a teriyaki kind of soy sauce kind okay. of flavor, but with like barbecue sauce in it. I don't know. It's you can buy it at like Target or any of those stores, but you put that on ch- like you put a you know chicken in a bag and fill it with gourmet sauce overnight, and then the next day you toss that on the grill. That's like you know our family chicken recipe, and it's unbelievable. So that with like some bok choy and some rice mm. and oh. <laughs> Wow, so good. Oh, I'm, I'm on board. No question. I like that. My brother um, is kind of an amateur chef. So every Sunday, I mean, the guy loves to cook. He's like also one of the smartest guys I know. He went to Yale. He got his business degree from UCLA. Okay. His, his wife got her. They met at Yale. She's, a, you know, an English professor. Like, they're super smart, right? Off the chains. Right. We have a stranger that's running through your house. That's my that's my roommate Connor. He's uh, he's playing FIFA, but apparently he needed to grab his backpack. What do you need your backpack for? His water, I think, is what he was grabbing from his backpack. But I don't know. His water. His water. Yeah, because water, of course, is legal in California, so he had right. to get his water water out of his, out of his backpack. Yeah. I see you. Go uh, get him. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Anyway, my brother loves to, during the brown season, every Sunday, he'll make a dish that would come from the city of the team that we're playing. Oh, I like that. Yeah, he likes to do that. Now, here's the fun part of the story. Guess my brother's name. Norbert. No, that was my dad, Norton. I know. Yeah, Yeah. Norton. I was hoping maybe it was a junior. Uh, Roger. Pete. Pete, Pete, oh, nice, <laughs> nice. That's, I mean, hey, get Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame, right? 
So my um, my brother was born in 1966. So Pete Rose had just finished his fourth major league season. I think something like that. So it'd be like naming your kid Juan Soto, like really good player, but you don't expect him to lead baseball in hits, you know, right. 25 yeah. years later no. or whatever it is. Uh, but the interesting part of the story is my brother graduated from Yale in 1989 and applied to a job at Major League Baseball right when Pete Rose was getting suspended. Mm. So they're getting a resume across their desk that says Pete Rose on it. They're like, yeah, let's just take this and throw yeah. it in the trash. We're yeah. good. That's I think that's what happened to my San Diego State application when I was applying to colleges, too. I, I applied to three colleges, Regis University where I went USD and San Diego state and no offense to San Diego state, but it is not as academically challenging as those other two schools. <laughs> I got accepted to both the private schools. I applied to San Diego state rejected me. And I have no idea why I'm from San Diego. I had a, like a, a really good GPA. I got a good SAT score. And then it was my backup school and they rejected me. So good thing I got in my other schools. Otherwise I would have been lost. What was your SAT score? uh 1950 i think when in 1950 oh stop we don't do they do just... we do it out of 2400 now what they're in california yeah it was like a you know there are three sections so like the essay section is an extra you know 800 or something like that so i did really good on the writing and on like the english comprehension you did really well on the writing yeah okay save it and then i did very poorly <laughs> on the math section very poorly. I'm not a math guy. Um, so, but I took an ACT as well. Do you know what that is? Yes, you you took both. Usually, it's an either or. Uh, California, just you take them both because mo a lot of schools ask for both in California. Actually, fascinating. Yeah. Okay. All right. And San Diego State said crumpled up the paper and said, "Not that guy." That's it. Yeah. So, it. whatever, um, man. All right. You might be thinking to yourself, man. We're closing in on Christmas. I haven't gotten my friends or my family members something special. Let us help you out. Thanks to our friends at Dugout Mugs. Go to dugoutmugs.com. Use the code word John Boy. You're going to get 30% off of the site. But go do this before they sell out, right? You've seen me talking about the wood bat. Put the engraving. You can get the Chris Rose rotation. You can get whatever you want. The logo of your favorite team. You could even put your face on this thing if you really wanted to although i've seen you i don't suggest it you could get the wind up right this is beautiful oh would you like some chardonnay honey cheers you sip this thing down there's a bottle opener which is so popular that somebody in my family actually stole it off my desk and don't forget about the little knob shot i've got mine from john boy all-star week in addition to ordering like four or five of these things and just cheering throwing some eggnog or whatever you want to put in here back and do this you could also make really cool sounds with it ready ploof taught me this i love that i'm going to do it again show you one more time if that's not reason enough to go buy a knob shot from dugout mugs i don't know what is so once again go do your thing these make for the great great gift maybe even a stocking stuffer it's very simple it's dugoutmugs.com keyword there is john boy you're going to get 30 percent off your offer so go do this and make it a happy holiday season. Cheers. I want to get back to the pitching because of the predicament you're in. I, I suppose predicament's the right word because you are your free agent. Um, you can't talk to teams until the lockouts finish. Mm -hmm. And then there's, unfortunately, you're coming off an injury-plagued season. Mm -hmm. So 
is it almost like you have to send video once this is all done? Will you and your agent send video to teams to show you're healthy or how's that going to work? Um, possibly most likely. I mean, most likely it'll go back to the old days. I'll probably throw a bullpen uh, for scouts. It's probably what I'll do. Maybe. Even oh, wow. And like, so 20 teams will show up or whatever. Yeah. Whoever wants to come see it. That's, that's still people, people still do that to this day. I mean, Verlander just did it, but he's just right. in Verlander. So things are a little bit different. I'm sure. What did they say? Like 27 teams showed up or something like that. And they're all came with their checkbooks, like blank check wide open. I don't think I'm going to get that. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's the same kind of system and, and that still happens. You know, um, Trevor Williams signed at the Cubs before last year. We, you know, we talked about that. He threw a bullpen for a Cubs scout. Um, this is kind of something that is, it still goes on. You just don't really, you just don't really hear about it as much. Cause it's not like usually the big name guys that do it. So we, but we did just hear about Verlander doing it. So it's kind of proving my point that it still happens. So this is going to, whenever it happens, it's probably going to happen fast, right? We, unfortunately, I think we're looking at a, a lengthy lockout and then kind of, boy, the minute it's signed, there's going to be an influx of veterans that are just going to have to kind of sign on the dotted line, a one-year deal and go and end up wherever you end up. Like, are you mentally bracing yourself or something like that over the next several months? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I Obviously, I can't really talk about the lockout or anything, even though I'm not even on a 40-man roster, but still. Um, but, you know, all I can say is I hope it ends at, at ASAP, you know, because it would be nice to be able to, you know, start talking to teams because, you know, like the less amount of time you have, the less amount of time you have to kind of negotiate or, you know, have different options or prove to teams, you know, that you should be on the team, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a very strange, hopefully not too, you know, short of a window there, but we'll see how long this takes to get fixed. I think that you would be a very appealing player to a lot of teams because you don't have a, a gazillion innings under you. You're still 29. You're left-handed. You're a good dude. You can sing. Am I helping build the resume here? Yeah, totally. You forgot the part uh, where I'm just devastatingly handsome. You know, you got to throw that out there as sure. well. Um, I'm extremely humble. I, uh, I'm easily the most humble person that I've ever met. Um, and uh, certainly the most humble person on this uh, two person podcast, right? Absolutely. Now. No question. Um, but yeah, no, you know, it's, what's weird about that is like, you never know what people are looking for. You know, you never know what scouts are looking for, except nowadays, now they do have some very specific numbers that they look at, you know, analytics and stuff like that. But, uh, the intangibles, who knows? I mean, we've all seen Moneyball. that stuff's real. I just got asked me who I looked like. And I said, you know, a Mexican pitcher with the Rockies. And he goes, no, I mean your face. I was like, what? He goes, I, I got a young Tom Glavin, you know, good looking white dude. And I was like, what is happening right now? This guy's standing right in front of me telling me, I, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, good looking white dude. You, yeah, saw it on the mound. I was like, what? Dude, it was the weirdest thing ever. It was, I, I couldn't believe that it was happening. So I, you just never know what they're looking for. How much are you paying attention to the lockout? Like, do you, are you calling, you have friends that are player reps for other teams. Mm -hmm. Since you are not on a particular team, do you call these guys and say, Hey, how are we looking? What's going on? Or do you kind of keep your head out of it? 
Uh, you know, I, I follow it. I still get updates. Yeah. Um, but dude, it's, it's just weird. It's, it's kind of weird being on the outside looking in. I feel like I can't really, you know, add anything or, or, or suggest anything. Not that I really would anyway. I don't know anything about business or negotiating. So I'm, I'm just kind of like, Hey, so let's do this. Let's get this. So that done part ASAP. was not on the SAT. No, no. Labor no, negotiations take, was not no. part of it. I took an English for business class in high school. I learned how to do my taxes and how to do a good business handshake. So I have some, some business. What is it? I Give do. me the business handshake. Uh, you got to go weave to weave. Make sure that you, you tuck those in nicely. You know, right. they call this the weave of the hand. So you got to right. weave to weave uh, a firm, but not, you know, you don't want to strangle the person, but a nice firm grip and one shake. That's it. One shake release. Do you, do you know the name? or names of the people who have given you the hardest handshake grip ever? Cause I have two of them in my life. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I have two separate stories. I think the, the strongest handshake I ever had was actually, let's see if Connor remembers Connor, what was the name of the catcher's coach for the Orioles that had this super strong handshake? You remember that guy, in the minor leagues? Donnie yeah. Donnie Warner. He was, he was uh, Orioles catcher's coach in the minor leagues and he would come up to you and shake your hand and judge if you were going to have elbow problems based on your handshake strength. <laughs> Talk about old timey baseball, right? He would literally come up and shake your hand and he'd be like, you're going to stay healthy. And I, I was like, what? And he's like, oh, you got a good handshake. I was like, well, that's my right arm. I don't even use that arm to pitch. Does that even matter? Uh, yeah. And then the second one, the complete opposite story. When I got to Regis, the guy who picked me up from the airport was actually, you know, like the school custodian. Um, and he also did, it's a very small school. So he was the head custodian and he also was like the baseball, you know, team manager kind of guy, right? Like 60 year old, very large uh, black man with the biggest hands I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, I went to shake his hand and my hand disappeared in his hand. His whole hand just covered mine. But then he gave the gentlest handshake ever. It was so nice. <laughs> I'll never forget that handshake. It's how weird is that? I still remember. Handshakes can leave an impression. They really they can. can. They can. So I've got two of them. Uh, the first one is a actually a San Diego football legend, Billy Ray Smith. Tail. He was a ah. first. You know, you know Billy Ray? Yeah, of course. Okay. So he, he was drafted in the first round, I think, in 1983. The Chargers had like three first-round picks that year, and I think he was, he was the first one of them, maybe. And I'd known Billy Ray through Fox and Fox Sports Radio and all sorts of stuff, and he's been a radio legend down there forever. He, in, he intentionally would just make you want to cringe down mm. to your knees. Yeah. And so whenever he would, like, fill in guest host on the Best Damn Sports Show period, I'd be like, I always loved him because he's super smart and charming and all that sort of stuff. But – the handshake was the worst. It, if if I could have gone elbows or fish, it, back in the day, we didn't have those. Really, no, see, I wish, you wish it had been COVID time, so you absolutely had to, had to give elbows. You know, maybe yeah, little, he probably still do so. He'd probably give you a nice. Probably would. And then the other one, which is legendary in the sports world, is Adrian Peterson. When we, you know, we used to have all the prospects come on during their draft year. So in 2007, I guess he was drafted, and he came in, and we were like. We hear he gives the hardest handshakes. And sure enough, mm. here's this kid who was maybe 20 or 21, just the vice grip. And be like, oh, gosh, get off of me. 
it's so funny to think that like look that's how much a handshake leaves an impression like people you remember it you know what i hate i hate when people approach you with a handshake with their hand like this uh it's always it's like, like people in high up in business and stuff like that because really? it's supposed to show like your my hands on top of here so they get in they twist in you oh know? so they come like, in and they like fly in from the top yeah exactly like hey oh. how's it going and i just want to just slap their hand away that's some bullshit shake your hand like a normal person yeah absolutely i'm on board with that hey it's the holiday season you want to go out party go live it up with that somebody special in your life and maybe if things are advancing the right way at the end of the night you want to get ready for a little action and then all of a sudden things aren't quite working properly so what do you do do you cower in the corner do you say i'm embarrassed no why don't you go get some help it's okay did you know that 52 percent of men ages 40 to 70 deal with some form of erectile dysfunction well don't just sit on the sidelines let's get back in the game it's very simple get roman.com slash john boy you'll go speak to a u.s licensed healthcare professional over the phone they'll give you some treatment and you're going to get 15 bucks off of your first month of treatment here's the thing that i love about it it's obviously a, a tough topic to talk about publicly right you might not want to go to the doctor's office then you don't want to stand in line at the pharmacy thanks to roman you don't have to do that once again, it's over the phone. They'll take care of you. They send medication to your home if that's what you need. And it's all in the comforts of your own abode. You don't even have to leave the place. So just take care of the business so you can take care of that someone special in your life. Once again, it is GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy for 15 bucks off your first month. Get Roman ready and have a great time this holiday season. I'm not here to get you to badmouth your old team, but I, this is a serious question. Okay. Because tanking has been a big part of the discussions and the public, at least, narration of the negotiations. Do you think that the Pirates want to put out the best team possible? I mean, it's hard to say so if you just look at the moves they've made. Um, I don't know if there's anybody above. Now, they signed Jose Quintana, Ben Gamble. Um I don't know if there's anybody above uh, second year of ARB other than that. On the I think they signed Roberto Perez, too. To oh, that's right. That's right. that's right. Yeah. He might um, be the highest paid pirate, right? I think he is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's very odd. It was what was really weird was, you know, talking about tanking and stuff um, every year where there would be discussions about teams that weren't spending enough money. We, I was always on one of the teams. Pirates were always listed as one of the teams that wasn't spending enough money. Um, and so it was always really strange because you kind of get the, yeah, it sucks. You know, of course I want to do it, but also because of that, we all have jobs, you know? So it's like the back and forth. Um, but no, I mean, you think, you think they're trying to put the best team for a certain amount of money. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? So we always, you know, I've always talked about, you know, you give, whatever you have that day, you know, that's the effort you give. So like, if I only have 80% because I didn't sleep well or whatever, then I'm going to give, you know, a hundred percent of that 80%. And that's what it feels like is it's like, we're not going to have as big of a payroll, but we're going to try to make the best team we can with that payroll. I don't know who decides the payroll or how that all works. Once again, I know nothing about business, but um, yeah, that was always weird to be a part of. It's definitely different than you look at like the Dodgers or the Yankees, 
you know. But then, but then you have teams like the Rays. The Rays spent less money than the Pirates last year, and they did pretty well. That's the that's management's, you know, so baby, right so what's there. What's the issue exactly? They're, they're the ones who are saying, "Well, hold on, it can be done." Yeah, you know, we don't need a floor. We don't need this, that, the other thing. Although we wouldn't uh, mind a cap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just kind of you know, every team has always done it differently. But um, you know, the Pirates were able to string together some really good years. You know, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen, um, and then after that, it it just kind of went downhill. Um, and unfortunately I was a part of that for a while. Um, so, you know, I hope the best for the organization, especially on my friends on the team, you know, I hope that they pick things up, but, um, it's going to be weird looking at it from the outside now. Yep. And it'll be weird whenever that first time that you play against the pirates in Super the ballpark, weird. that yeah. will be weird, but we'll have something fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, I, you're a huge baseball fan. Mm-hmm. How much did you pay attention to the free agency frenzy that we had for those two and a half weeks or so pretty closely. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I, I, I basically what I would do is check MLB trade rumors a few times a day, right. you know, just to kind of see what's happening. Um, what me and my friends have talked about is apparently teams are seeing an opening in the AL West because the AL West went out and signed some big name guys. So mm-hmm. that maybe that, you know, that division might be really, really exciting to watch this year. And your you know? guy, Adam Frazier, got traded up there. Exactly. Frazier's up there. You know, the Rangers went and got Seager and Semyon. I mean, all of a sudden, they have the best middle infield in baseball. Ten years, $325 million. <sighs> okay, so That's tell me, when you, fa- you faced him enough to know, right? You faced him a few times. Yeah. Is he really that legit a game changer? Uh, I guess so. I mean, he, like, I've pitched against the Dodgers probably seven or eight times, I would guess. And he hasn't been in the lineup every time because I'm left-handed. Um, so sometimes, you know, he would take that day off. But when I did face him, dude, he's just, he's he's a really good hitter. He's a solid hitter. I, I haven't really watched him on defense, to be honest. I would assume he's pretty good. Well, his numbers are not, he's going to be a third baseman at some point during this contract. He's okay. going to, his numbers have been trending down and. Um, well, well, here's the other part of it. The dude is absolutely enormous. I don't think people huge. give enough credit for how big he is. And the, the thing that really put into perspective for me was we were in LA. I was pitching a game this, this year and Colin Moran hit a double. Okay. So Colin gets to second base. And he's standing on second base. And he is not a small guy. He's probably 6'3", you know, like, I don't know, 220, 215. He's not a small guy. Not huge, but not small. And he stood next to Corey Seager, and Corey Seager made him look like he was a child. It was crazy. I, like, I knew he was big, and he was an oversized shortstop. I didn't know how big. He's like 6'5", like 240, 250, something like that. Man. He's huge. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I guess you, you're going on that. He's uh, Texas is a good place to hit homers as a lefty. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a good match. And yeah, but when, it was interesting because you said he's solid. Like, if I paid $325 million for a guy, I want a game changer. And I guess a lot of that for him is he hasn't been in a lineup enough. Like, he, right. gets, he gets hurt, and that scares me. I've got nothing against it. I think he's a really, really good baseball player. 
Okay, so this is the way I always put it. So there's there's guys like Tatis and um, gosh, who else? Like Soto. Soto. People that like wow you, right? That it's really exciting when they play. And then there's guys like Seager or even Mike Trout. And Mike Trout is the ultimate extreme example of this, is a guy who is just always good. So whether, you know, over a series, if you watch Corey Seager play for one game, you might see him go one for four with a single and be like, that's not $325 million worth. Then you watch him over four games and over the four games, every single four games of the year, he's hitting 270 or 280 and he's hitting, you know, a few doubles or a homer or two or something or in some way really helping the team win always. Um, And so when I say solid, I mean, always good. Mm -hmm. And he has some great moments, of course, but you don't think of Corey Seager when you think of like, the best players in baseball, but he really is one of the best, just consistent players in baseball. Mike Trout signed a $500 million deal. And it, it would be like, I mean, it's like, you don't even hear about it, you know, because it's just, he's just Mike Trout. He's just better than everybody else. And he just does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady uh, over the last week was just named sports illustrated sportsman of the year. And I thought it should have been Shohei. I think I really... it should have been Shohei too. Yeah. I thought about the same thing. Um, I think it's, you know, obviously what Tom Brady is doing is amazing and him going over and winning a Super Bowl the first year with the new team. Um, and not only does it kind of, um, cement his legacy as the best quarterback of all time, but it also is, you know, at his age is just really impressive. Um, but Shohei did something that hasn't been done in so long and he made it look so easy. Um, and just how good he is at both sides of the baseball. Like, I mean, he won DH of the year, like just on his DH numbers, you know, like that had nothing to do with the fact that he was also one of the best pitchers in baseball, you know? Um, But Tom Brady, I mean, nobody's ever won that many Super Bowls. So it's like, I get it. It's hard. When you mentioned we, we haven't seen what Shohei's done in a long time. If you consider ever a long time, then I'm going to consider it a long time too. It, It, it's amazing what he did. You made this point strictly as a DH. He would have been just a stud if you just looked at him as a pitcher. Now you take the two, and Glass now said it on this show. He's like, I don't know how anybody else is going to be an MVP in his league. Because even if he has just an average year as a pitcher, let's say he has a four ERA and makes 22 starts, and right. then he hits 33 home runs instead of 45 or whatever. Still okay. Like, who in the world is better than that? Well, like my my headphones are dying, but I can plug them in. Watch. Not gonna let them die this time. Oh my god. Okay, we're good. But so yes. you were wireless, and now you're wired. Now I'm wired, and I got this little stringy. I'm gonna move it so it's not distracting. Are those yeah. the sweaty ear kind? Like, is your ear getting sweaty or no? I I haven't yet. I'm sure if I wore them for a long time, they might. They're a little. They're kind of like noise canceling, which I kind of oh. didn't want. I wanted them to, I wanted to be able to hear the things going on around me, but you know, modern technology, headphones okay. are too good. Anyway, yeah. continue. Well, I think we're done. We've, we've talked a ton about show. Hey, he would have been on, a, he would have been the cover guy of our sportsman of the year. Very yeah, I, yeah, I agree. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, Field of Dreams because I know that you've watched that movie like 
98 times or whatever. At least, at and least. I thought about it because our uh, one of our family members here at John Boy Media, one of the co-hosts of Shea Station, Jerry Blevins, wrote a recent scathing column about why Field of Dreams is not only not a top five baseball movie, it's not even a good baseball movie. Okay, that seems mean. Why? Uh, he said that, you know, it, it, and I don't want to misquote him, but he said something along the lines of everybody gives it a big father son like reconnection deal. He goes, I didn't really care enough about the relationship between Ray and his father. Like there was just one good story about how they slammed the door when he went to college and all that sort of stuff. And there, there wasn't really much development of the relationship, which I, I kind of get. Like I understand if that's the main crux of the movie. We got very little of that, didn't we? Yeah, but I don't think that is the main crux of the movie. I think that is a, a subplot in the movie. Ooh, what do you think the main point is? I think the main point of that movie is is the journey. I've I've always thought that the the whole point of this movie is showing that you know he went on this journey not even knowing what he was looking for, just you know following his heart, you know all that cheesy stuff. But what it came down to was him finding what he was looking for all along was back at home. You know, he just had to bring everything back. And so I think I, for me, it's more about, it's more about the journey itself and um, you know, kind of the, the legends and the, the magic of baseball. That's, that's why I love field of dreams so much is because baseball has a different feeling to it. To, for me, I, I've always thought that there's, there's something magical about it. It's, it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful game. It's so nice to watch. And I think field of dreams is the only movie that captures the magic in a serious way. Cause then you've got, you know, like angels in the outfield, which I honestly, here's my hot take. I don't like that movie at all. I really don't. And I've gotten a lot of shit for it because I don't like it. Um, or, you know, what is that rookie of the year? Yeah. Don't like that movie either. It's got some funny one-liners. I'll give it that, but not my jam. Uh, Field of Dreams has always been my favorite. We, we used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Um, and I think that like the Field of Dreams event they did this year was, I mean, they, they nailed it. Couldn't they have done did it nail better. it. It was no amazing. Question. Uh, what was your favorite part of the movie? Uh, I think my favorite part of the movie is, is when he goes, uh, to get he or what's the guy's name terrence man terrence man yeah so he goes to get terrence man from his office and he goes up and i've always thought the ringing of the the door the knocker you know yeah. i always thought that was funny like i i had never seen one of those so but i guess they existed um but then when he's you know i'm sorry to have to do this mr man but i've got a gun He's like, that's your finger. And he's like, no, it's not. It's a gun. It's like, yeah. show me. Like that whole that whole exchange where he eventually follows him to the baseball yeah. game. Yeah. He's like trying to kidnap him to take him to a baseball game. Yeah, and Terrence Mann is like trying to spray him out. He's like, you're one of those yeah. hippies. Get out of here. Yeah. Go back to the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, love, I love that scene, of course. Um, but, you know, Moonlight Graham, dude, what a classic character to have as a, yes. like a cameo, a secondary character that, you know, is just this kid that is, you know, wide eyed. We've all been that kid, you know, and especially major league baseball players, everybody, when you first get to the big leagues, you're, oh my gosh, everything is so big and beautiful and amazing and everything you ever dreamed of. And that kid was living out that dream and he was doing it in the field in the middle of Iowa, you know? 
Um, and so I, I think it's just so beautiful. It shows the, the beauty, the magic of baseball. See, but that's to me, that's the best part of the movie is the Moonlight Graham story, to be yeah. honest with you. Right. Yeah. A guy who gave up everything to go save lives and be a doctor. And then in that horrible scene where where uh, Kevin Costner's brother-in-law knocks yeah. the daughter, drops her off of the stands. And right. so Moonlight Graham has to leave his field of dreams to then cross over into the real world so that yeah. he can save this young girl's life. First of all, like, I'm sorry. I, I'm not an actor, but, I, you know, that, that that scene where they drop her was just horrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not the best acting ever. Uh, I I think Kevin Costner is perfect for these roles. That's why I like in for love of the game. I think he's really good too, because mm-hmm. I think that he plays like this, this straight kind of, there's not much acting to it, to be honest. It's just basically Kevin Costner's personality. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I think, I think Costner does well, but yes, that oh, he, scene no, is he's pretty great cheesy. in the movie. I got no problem with it, but this scene here is I do like, I got a little teary eyed when, when Moonlight Graham now becomes the doctor and his baseball dream is over. Like he was having the time of his life. He's winking at a pitcher. He's it's a sack fly the whole bit. And here he is to, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, it's still like that. He never got an official at bat, right? He got right. He never, so he still isn't wouldn't, te- but he has an RBI. So he does, he is technically in the, you He's know, in the book. in the book. Yeah. Um, but we, it is, I think that's funny. I think that the hot dog part is funny. I've always thought that was funny where everybody's like, what do we do? And nobody's thinking like, I don't know, try to push on her chest or something. Like, what do we got going on here? Nobody took CPR training classes, apparently. Can we agree, though, that uh, Ray's wife, Annie, if he had been like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to plow under the corn so I could build a baseball diamond. Where's the scene where she's like, the fuck you are. Yeah. We ain't doing that shit. Are you a are you a nut job? Yeah. Like, she, come on. There's like the the halfway, like, I don't think it's a great idea. Probably shouldn't do it, whatever. But if you need to do it, then do it. Uh no, that wouldn't have. Well, that's that's the beauty of movies. It's not real life, you know. You don't have the voice of reason. The voice of reason was the uncle. I mean, he was the one trying to Ray, you're gonna have to sell this farm. Uh, yeah, hey, it was good. A great movie. Um, let's see how you do on a little little quiz of okay. Field of Dreams. You right. think you'll do okay? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I got three questions. I don't think they're impossible, but maybe a little challenging. Okay. This one, the first one, I think you should get. Where did Ray and Annie go to college? Come on, hippie school, sixties. Yeah, I know. I I'm. Brown? Brown? Is it an Ivy League school? No, but it's on par with it academically. It's a very good school. Uh, and it's UCLA. a little closer. It's a little closer to you. Not UCLA. Berkeley. Uh, Berkeley. Berkeley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what those kind of who cares? Why would it matter? If that's the easy one, these next two questions are gonna be ridiculous. You're gonna know this one. Which dead ball player was not allowed to play with the others because they told him to stick it because they never liked him? Oh, Ty Cobb. Yeah. 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 Well, Ty Cobb was a, a well-known ass, yes. racist piece of shit. I hate that guy. 
I can't believe like he's it's like forgotten. Nobody talks about it, you know. But he was terrible. He, there's so many stories of him purposely hurting people and you know saying. Wasn't there one things. report that he beat up like a guy in a wheelchair or something? I haven't heard that, that one? but probably. I'm not surprised. If anybody would, it's Ty Cobb. You would have hit him back in the day. Oh, back in the day? Him. Oh, absolutely. That's what you did. I just got to be afraid he's going to pull a knife out of his waistline. <laughs> All right. This is a good one. When Ray takes a walk in Chisholm, Minnesota, right? He's out there. He, he and Terrence Mann are working their way back to Minnesota, and mm-hmm. Terrence Mann has to call his dad, you know, because, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I'm missing, right? Yeah. So Reagan goes, takes a walk in the streets, and he realizes that he's like in 1972. Uh-huh. What movie? is on the marquee it's indiana jones isn't it no 1972 oh star wars what is it still too early the godfather oh the godfather well star wars came out what 77 sorry yeah 76 or 7 yeah yeah Yeah. okay i knew it was you know obviously it's one of those big movies but that's another one of those details like yeah of course i've seen it a million times i never really thought about it I do like that that hat scene though, you know the yeah. the misty night, foggy night with the street yeah, it's, light. A, it's a little freaky when he he bent he like figures out like I'm in some sort of time warp and he looks yeah. at the license plate and he brushes away the dust and the decal yeah. says 1972 and you're like ooh gotta love it gotta love it that stuff that stuff always gets me yes I love that and I love uh, I love the music the music yeah. of every part of that movie is. And it has, I mean, if you have a movie that if I say to, let's say, 60% of people who are of my age or older, Mm -hmm. and I say, if you build it, he will come. They might not know exactly the movie, but they know the line. Yes, you're right. Right? And they don't know who it's talking about or what, uh, they'll be like, oh. What's that from again? But they will know the line because yep. it's because it gets said all the iconic. time. It's iconic. I saw it. I think it came out in 1988. So I was, uh, depending on what time of year it came out, I was either a junior or a senior in high school. And um, I went with one of my best friends, Craig Gretter, who is the least emotional person ever. Mm-hmm. And he's a baseball fan, but he wasn't like a diehard baseball fan. Right. And so we went and we saw it. And I walked out of there and I'm like bouncing around. I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. I said, what'd you think? He goes, it was okay. I was like, oh my God, you have not, you don't have an emotional bone in your body, <laughs> Gretter. It damn was, you. It was nominated for best picture, wasn't it? It might've been like best screenplay or yeah, adapted screenplay because like it was a book, which mm-hmm. I also read in a sports literature class at Miami University. How was the book? I don't, I've never read it. The book's great. The book's great. It's called Shoeless Joe. It's a very quick read. Go read it. It's very easy. By the way, uh, Blevins in his scathing column of Field of Dreams also said he could not get past the point that they made Joe Jackson a right-handed hitter when he was left-handed. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't have flipped over it like they like they did with Costner and Bull Durham when they made him a switch hitter. Yeah, that hey, that okay. So this this is something I always go back to: baseball action. Okay, baseball action in baseball movies very Mm -hmm. important. Okay. Moneyball, best baseball action ever by far because they use real baseball players. That's not fair. Okay. Then there's movies like 
major league and i would throw like bull durham and a lot of those movies where it's like fine it's middling it's not good it's not terrible they use camera angles to try to actually show the least amount possible right then field of dreams does old-timey baseball action really really well where the game's not as fast it's played differently but all the times that they're playing in the background like not only is it people playing baseball but it looks like old-timey baseball being played you know what i mean the way Mm -hmm. that they bunt the way that they hit um it's all i think they they actually did a really really good job yeah and kevin costner is good you know he was a what a college or high school baseball player. So. I mean, he's always been good. Mm-hmm. Like for love of the game, his, his pitching is great. You know, it's cool. I mean, Charlie Sheen was a legit player. Like yeah. he could really throw mm-hmm. and in major league, he's, you know, that's him doing his stuff. Yeah. So. And then there's bull Durham where it's kind of, some of it's kind of, eh. but Kevin Costner's got a nice way. We'll have to break down bull Durham. I think it's, yeah. I love, I am a huge bull Durham fan. I, I like bull Durham too. I, I, could I could have done without the the love story taking up so much of the time of yeah. the movie. That's I, all. I get that. I understand. It's funny because you talk about whether or not uh, baseball translates on the big screen. Uh, Kurt Warner, with whom I work at, at NFL Network, has a movie coming out on Christmas Day. I think it's, what's it called? American, I forget what it is. It's his story. Where he's, you know, he's stocking grocery shelves and working his way through the arena league and all that to eventually become two-time league MVP, a Super Bowl champ, and eventually a Hall of Famer. And so I texted him. I said, hey, I saw the movie. They had a nice screening for the people at NFL Network. He goes, you have to be honest. What did you think of the football scenes? I said, well, I, I said, I'm basing it on like Miracle, the movie Miracle, where I thought the hockey scenes were incredible. Yeah, well, they they the beauty of hockey is you never have to show the players' um, yeah. faces, so uh, you're never like you don't have to be really close up on the action. So right. they just have real hockey players. You know? So I said that, that you know that's the standard, and then a lot of the shit baseball movies that we've talked about where it's just horrible. I said it was actually kind of somewhere in the middle. I said it, it's hard. Like you, nobody is going to be the size of Orlando Pace, who's six foot eight and three hundred and thirty pounds. Right. Good luck finding that actor. Yeah, exactly. You know? And uh, okay, book. so here's my sorry. The worst. Do you know what the worst baseball action in any movie is? And it, and it really made me sad because the movie itself was good and important and impactful. Mm. Forty-two. Oh gosh, yeah. Terrible baseball action, by far the worst. So unfortunate because the story, the movie itself, is so good. But then I, I can't, it's taken me out of the movie every time they're showing Jackie Robinson do anything on a baseball field. I'm like, God, that ball looks ridiculous mm. the whole time. It looked terrible. That was too bad. Uh, I want to give Kurt a shout out. American Underdog, according to our outstanding producer, Robbie Scirocco. I apologize, Kurt. If you're on, uh, on Christmas Day, it sounds, I mean, is it, so it's like a, like a movie, but it's getting released on like NFL Network or something? No, it's getting released in theaters. Oh, it, oh. It was, his story was taken to the big screen and it actually, they did a good job. You know, I, like I know most of the story. I knew that there was a couple parts where I was like, wow, Kurt, that really happened. You know, but I've been around him enough to know most of his journey. My mm-hmm. wife did not know a thing about it. Oh, okay. She knows Kurt. She met him. Um, 
you know, met his wife and some family members, but did not know his particular. She's like, why is this a movie? And then she walked out of there. She's like, okay, I get it. Now. Okay. I get why it's a movie. I bet. See, that's probably what I'm going to be like. Cause I don't, I know that he, like what you were describing. I know that part of the story, a very generic overarching, he never got any offers. He was bragging groceries and he did that and he got to the NFL, but I don't, I don't know all the specifics of the story there. Yeah, no, it's good. It was well done. Uh, before we get out of here, new categories. Oh, yeah, I think you'll like some of them too. Here we go. Ring chaser. Okay. Oh, this is good. I asked uh, I, Glass now and Giolito together got that one. Ring chaser. So we know the ring is the ultimate thing. Like you will do anything to get yourself a World Series ring, right? Mm. Yes. Right. Would you have a singing voice like Kermit the Frog for the next five years if I could guarantee you a World Series ring? A hundred percent. You got to make it harder than that. Kermit the Frog's songs are famous, bro. Kids love them. Gotta make it Every harder. time you open your mouth, you have to sound like Kermit the Frog. Uh, what's this song about being green? It's not easy being green. It's not easy being green. It's not easy being green. I, I, uh, I would absolutely do Kermit the Frog. I mean, you can make my my talking voice Kermit the Frog. I'd still do it. Come on. <laughs> Hi, Chris. It's so good to be on the show. Thank you so much for bringing me here. It don't I actually would be your last appearance on the show then. No, it's not. Come on, Chris, give me a chance. Um, hi ho, piggy. <laughs> um, why are there so many songs about rainbows? Look at you. That's really good. Thank you. You definitely did Kermit the Frog impressions for your kids in there. Oh, huh? dude, I all that stupid stuff. I did a lot of talking to myself as a kid. Hey, give me another one. Let's just do another one. I want to do another one. Uh, another impression. I've no, done my no, boat. Another wheel. Another wheel. Oh, step. you want another? You want another topic? I want a double dip. Oh I want a God. double well, dip. It's been a while since we've had Jan. I, exactly. I'm here to make your dreams come true. Thank you so much. Ooh. It, all right. You have your choice. It kind of landed in the middle. Either Stevie's Wondering or Wild Ride. I mean, Stevie's Wondering has my sort of my name in it, so I guess we'll go with that one. Okay, Stevie's Wondering. Uh, I'm wondering, are you very superstitious on the baseball diamond? And if so... Oh, I get it. What is... Uh, when we had Adam Fraser on there, I kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, I am not superstitious. As as many of us now say, I'm just a little superstitious. Um, it's like... Uh, I'm more of if something worked. But if I did something and I did well, then, well, you know, why would I change it for next time? You know, I'll just do it the same, just because it, it worked last time, so I'll do it the same next time. But I'm not like, you know, I need to put my socks on on the right foot first. But like, there are guys to... like that. Oh, plenty, 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 plenty. It's, it's amazing. I do still believe in all the, the little baseball ones. Like if somebody's in the, throwing a no-hitter, the only people that can talk about it are announcers. The only people who can say something about it are the broadcasters of the game. They can talk about it because you have to alert the fans that it's happening. So they have 
they have you know the the green light but anybody else including fans you can't you can't talk about it um i also when i was in college we did like the two two with two outs you know we'd all take our hats off and and shake them you know uh, uh all that stuff I, you crazy I like regis kids yeah yeah we were insane uh that's all that little stuff i'm all about it yeah it's fun you know um if i if i wear a black jersey or like when i was playing with the pirates if i wore the black jersey at home and had a good start my next start i would wear the black jersey again right okay if i did Just poorly pictures, pictures. i'd switch it up yeah but if the team had won two games in a row then I'd wear the same color that we had been wearing. You can't change up the street. And you never pulled the Chris Sale and took a scissors to a jersey, right? No, I've, I've never done that. I've never done that. You know, I did see – we did, like, the super old-timey jerseys um, against the Cubs a few years ago. And the Cubs jerseys had collars. And I was like, that looks very uncomfortable and unfortunate. Uh, so if I, was on, if I was on the Cubs at that time, I might have – I might have just cut my collar off. They were like uh, up to here. Like they were like turtleneck collar. It was terrible. Marketing people getting in the way of baseball yet again. Yet again. Damn you. What do you have coming up on uh, for the holidays with your family? Yeah, uh, I'm going to celebrate Christmas uh, with my girlfriend's family first uh, before Christmas. And then Where, where's that, by the way? Uh, Arizona. And then we're coming back here and celebrating with my family for Christmas. And my family does like a big Christmas Eve party. Christmas Eve night is, you know, we do a big party. And then Christmas morning, my immediate family, we all get together and do presents, which is basically just the grandbabies opening presents and the rest of us sitting around drinking champagne because what else are we going to do? Okay. Um, and then sometimes we have another family party that day. You know, it just kind of all depends on how we're feeling. Um. And then I go, I, I always go see a movie on Christmas evening hmm. in the theaters. Yeah. So Do you know what I, you're going to go see this year. I don't, um, I can't go see, I can't go see American underdog because my girlfriend will be with me and I, she's not a huge sports movie fan. You're not um, going to disappoint me. It's okay. Yeah. So well, I don't know. They, I, I kind of play it by ear. I haven't really looked at what's going to be out, but you know, after being around all, you know, your family, all day and it's nice to kind of turn off your phone and just yeah. shut it down and you know go watch I, a movie yeah um that's good that's good i imagine you will have uh won her family over i'm working on it i'm working on it we're doing our best you know i bet you it's better than that oh thank you thank you I bet we'll you. see I, bet I, you. I think i did pretty well with the gifts so oh yeah. you already you already bought all the gifts and stuff yeah, I only have one gift that I still have yet to get. And it's for my brother who is, you know, we do a secret Santa among the oh, brothers. So nice. I can't say which brother it is because they do listen to this. Okay. Uh, but one of you, I don't have your gift yet, but I will get it. It's just my brothers. We don't do like a, hey, this is what I want for Christmas. You know, like the women of my family also do a secret Santa, but they all make like wish lists that they are all they can all see so they know what to get so me and my brothers that's too much work so it's just yeah. kind of like figure it out don't ruin christmas so we'll see interesting okay mm -hmm. yeah we're having everybody uh we're gonna i guess we go up to my mother-in-law's for christmas eve and then christmas day the browns play so we'll oh, be how exciting oh hurrah 
So excited, Chris. You're going to have so much fun. Go Browns. Will you stop? I'm going to be honest. The Cleveland football stadium is a blight upon the world, should be destroyed and should be rebuilt as literally anything else. The new stadium? Yeah. You've been in that thing? No, I've seen it. Just oh. seen pictures of it. It's oh. just we gotta we gotta get a new color scheme for that team. It just is so well ugly. they're called the Browns. So I you... know. But you know, the Red Sox wear blue socks. <laughs> well, we have orange in our uh, color scheme. We have orange, white, and brown. We are very traditional. I mean, okay, but honestly, do you think that the color scheme is good? Do you, I, I think their new uniforms are better than their old ones. I will say well, because that because they're classic. They went they went retro. Like yeah. when they go brown jerseys and orange pants, it takes me back to like 1985. And I well, no, they stopped wearing those in like 83 or whatever. So it takes me back to my childhood. Okay, that's it's, nice. Uh, it's a little nostalgia for me. I'm like, oh, the orange pants are so on fire. Yeah, I may is, not I may not be a Pittsburgh Pirate anymore. Okay. But I still hate Cleveland. That's that's ingrained in here. Unless I play for the Indians, I will hate Cleveland. You mean the Guardians? Oh my gosh, that's right, the Guardians. That's Sorry. what Michelle said. She goes, "Well, can he go to the Guardians now?" I was like, "He can, honey. Yeah, okay. he can." It wouldn't be bad to be on the the first iteration of the Cleveland Guardians. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a pretty cool little thing to have under your belt. Yeah, good organization, nice people, nice stadium. The nice stadium. I really like their, their baseball stadium. It's really nice. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. And even though the fans don't show up, they actually do care about the team. They actually yeah. have some of the best local TV ratings in, in the country. So That's cool. I'm just trying to sell you. Hey, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. If they contact me, I'll let you know. Uh, it's good catching up with you, Stephen. I always enjoy it. Enjoy the conversation. I'll be rooting for a uh, quick work stoppage. Yes, me I'm too. I, I really appreciate it. It's always fun coming back on and talking to you and uh, realizing that trivia in movie about movies is always so hard. Apparently, I don't watch movies correctly because I always get movie trivia wrong. I know. I, I debated doing the Godfather one, but I thought since you are so good at picking up stuff like that, you'd be like, yeah, I was the Godfather. Yeah, I, yeah I knew it was one of those big movies. But, yeah. but then I also forget how young you are, that you were... Yeah. That's the other thing that's really kind of demoralizing for me. You were born in 92? 92. Oh, God. I know. I know. Isn't that weird? But, I mean, I do the same thing. People who are born in the year 2000 can drink now. It's crazy. Including my son. Oh, nice. My mom was really proud of herself for getting her four boys to 21 without jail time or any pregnancies out of wedlock. She was very, very happy about that. That's I'll well never done, forget dude. that. She came to my, she came to Colorado for my 21st birthday just to toast herself. So that actually is a hell of an achievement if you think about it. I know, pretty good. Well, this was a blast as always. Enjoy the holidays. Best to you and your entire family. And we will see you in 2022 when we catch up. Thank you very much. That's okay with you. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Yes. Special shout out to our producer, editor extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.